I'm Sharna Bobi, and this is a series about the stories of art makers, curators, and influencers who inspire thoughtful perspectives on the world around us. I'm passionate about how arts can stimulate open-minded conversation, and I hope these episodes challenge you to see the world in new ways. Now, before we start, subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. And if you love this podcast, rate and leave a comment. Arlene Wandara was born in Kenya and moved to the UK with her family before her teens. She holds a BA in Fine Arts from the Slade School of Fine Art in London. I first encountered Arlene's work at the Dakar Biennale in 2014. On view was a stunning white painted doll's house with little human figures positioned on the windows, walls and roof of the building. Arlene also represented Kenya at the 57th Venice Biennial and she was in the main exhibition at the Dakar Biennale in 2018. Arlene recently exhibited at Taffeta Gallery in London, so we met to chat about her show and her journey as an artist. Let's talk about your upbringing and how you discovered art as a vessel to express yourself. Mm. How did that happen for you? Was that when you were born in Nairobi? Yes. Came to yeah, before my teens, so yeah. sort of back there, for um, long, got up in a job, and like, okay, well, I'm moving to London. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has a choice, yeah, do what you're told, and no young, so it is what it is. Um, so then, if we talk about, you've got my life in two strands, before the UK and yeah. after. So before the UK, um, my parents were working class, but they wanted, um, to give us the best possible education that they could. So they, they used most of their salary to send us to private school. Uh, um, but we, we lived in uh, not the most... Um, it, it wasn't... Um, I wouldn't say it was a slum, but it wasn't also... Um, you know, just a middle class It was an estate, but it was somewhere between a middle class estate and a slum, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, where I would go to school and my friends would be picked up in work and some expensive car and I'd have to walk up the hill to catch a bus. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to wake up at 6 a.m. because I lived on the other side of the city to, to catch a bus to school to, mm-hmm. to be there at 8 o'clock. And so my friends lived nearby and you know, would be dropped off by their dads. Yeah. Um, so that, there was this thing of being inherently aware of the privilege that I had and the opportunities I was being given by my parents, but also sort of understanding that the immediate environment in which I lived in was also rich in its own way. So I have like private classes, ballet, tap, piano lessons, all of these things that I really hated because <laughs> uh, I'm a bit of a tomboy, so I'm yeah. really gay. And then going back home after school and just running around and in. in um, in grass and I'm trying to remember the, um, in rubbish heaps and collecting stuff and trying to make toys out of them and being very very physical, very tactile and very engaging with, with, with objects. So that 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 was always inherent in what I, I in who I am mm-hmm. and the curiosity of how things work. So I'd take apart you know, electrical equipment and machinery, which really annoyed my parents. <laughs> I was my work so yeah. that I could fit them back together. And uh, I ended up being 
<laughs> in the in the in the traditional sense of description, the man of the house. Yeah. Like if anything broke, I would be the one to fix it. Yeah. At the time, I think my sister is also kind of similar, but we it's also that idea that even if something's broke, don't rely on others. Just try to figure out how to work, and if not, get someone to help. But also try to learn how, because you you never know when you will need to be self-reliant. Mm-hmm. Sense of independence is important. And one thing on that, we're getting back to no, yeah. that. Um, so yeah, art wasn't as prevalent when I was young. I had the classes and um, I focused mainly on the academic subjects because that's what my, my father especially wanted for us. Mm-hmm. He wanted me to be a doctor and a counselor. And he watercolour painted actually and he encouraged mm-hmm. yeah, he encouraged us to, 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 to engage with that, but just as a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I did, I really enjoyed it. But I never thought of it, and I thought of it as a form of therapy actually. Um, came to the UK, and the education system here is also quite different in, in the sense of, on one hand, in Africa, um, the, the education that I received was more about acquiring information, storing information. Yeah. And in the UK, it's also engaging with the idea of engaging with ideas and questioning and uh, exploring. So it wasn't as. Uh, uh, it was more fluid, and you know, when, when you come from somewhere where it's about this is how it works, just to, you know, absorb this information this way because it will get you to where you need to be, and then suddenly, you know, the world's your oyster. What do you think? And it's, um, it, it's so mind-boggling um, that I ended up really engaging with art uh, during my GCSEs, sort of 15, 16 years. Years of age, I had a teacher who was really encouraging. She was like, you know, there's something in this. So I just did it yet again as therapy, but knowing that there was something, something about what I'm doing that is beyond just uh, a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I did my A levels, I chose, you know, you have to choose subjects that kind of stay in the direction of uh, doing a university degree. Mm-hmm. I ended up choosing a physics, maths. And art. Really? So, you know, the three are sort of like really. Because <laughs> yeah. one kind of. Two of them are very clear in the direction you're heading, which is yeah. I'm, I'm supposed to be an aeronautical engineer, as my father expects me to. And then art. Uh, um, which was okay because, you know, um, he was fully aware that uh, I would. The third subject is just a hobby. It's something I. I I'm insisting on, but it's not going to interfere with yeah. this plan that we have. Yeah. Yet again, my tutors there encouraged me, and um, unlike most of the students in, in, in class, I was really interested in, you know, we, we did a lot of um, kind of uh, life drawing and painting classes, but I was really interested in the idea of painting without a brush. What happens if I paint with my finger? What happens with if I don't use a canvas? What if I just collect bits of... Um, of paper and paint on it, mm-hmm. uh, how do I do with acrylics, um, you know, papier mache is very tactile. So there's this, already this element of um, wanting to engage with materials and processes, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and it was quite clear and prevalent then, so she would usually put me to one corner so let me do my <laughs> I was so lucky that she encouraged me in that sense, and she suggested that I should apply to, to do a foundation course, mm-hmm. and I was like, no, that's not part of <laughs> <laughs> Don't be silly. My dad wouldn't 
agree to it. And she's like, well, it's like a bit of a gap here. You spend a year sort of exploring different avenues of what um, art or, or, or the visual arts are, mm-hmm. uh, see what you could at, and you, know, you can always go back to university. Well, naturally, uh, the minute I, I got into Camberwell, yeah. that was it, that was it. And I remember having convinced my dad, like, no, it's just a gap here. I, I think he'll be more proud of me that I'm going to make some interesting art that I can hang in my future home as opposed to just going to India to travel to find myself. Yeah, he was quite disappointed briefly yeah. until um, I told him I applied to one of the, 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 the more sort of uh, well-known art schools uh, in the country or in the world. Because yeah. uh, for him, he needs to equate, equate what I'm doing with excellence or status. Yeah. Um, so th- there was a reprieve there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I went to the slave for four years. Wow. Um, the rest is history, I guess. It's history, yeah. It's <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I remember so, seeing a um, and it was this um, Seemed like a, the dollhouse with the little people oh in the gosh, window. Yeah. That was the first time I came to the room, and I was so fascinated because I thought, "Wow, this looks like it took a lot of work." And you know, it just it just it was just so beautiful. No, oh, thank you. Yeah, the, the, that piece I've always wanted the dollhouse um, is the epitome of what my practice is about. It's almost trying to um, let it get straddled. So straddling between this nostalgia for who I was before the UK and who I've, I've become in the UK um, through, through my lifestyle but also through my art training mm-hmm. and then you know the pre-pena which is about sort of being that child sort of running around rubbish tips collecting stuff to make toys mm-hmm. but also thinking about the freedom of that mm-hmm. um, so yeah the doll's house was just about uh, the idea of childhood, but also the idea of being an adult, wanting something that they always couldn't get at, 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 um, at that age, was there for like parents could afford something like that. And what does it mean when you acquire it as an, as an adult without the, um, an embedding implications of what the housing crisis is, is all about now and the, the personal struggle that people are sort of engaging with in, in relation to just trying to survive in this current uh, financial climate, but also being playful. <laughs> So yeah, I just thought, okay, I'm going to get at Charles Doll's house. I joined this kind of um, society of people who build doll's houses and we do them up really nicely. Really? Yeah, because I really wanted to understand also the emotional um, attachment to doll's houses as an, as an adult, but also the technical uh, elements of it as well. Um, so it was really brilliant, and I told him I was going to make an artwork. Um, and uh, you know, decorated this house wonderfully. There's wallpaper in there. Every yeah. Um, it was actually perfect. And then I wanted to put uh, my everyman figures in there, mainly figures that involve engaging uh, conflict, struggle, and and and, and uh, for me, that's that's been an underlying uh, aspect of my practice. I just always wanted to be able to find a direct way to kind of communicate this idea. Struggle, mm-hmm. uh, but also bring out underlying themes. So yeah, maybe these, these guys were pulling each other, hanging off things, balancing yeah. on screws. Really, 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 really fun. Yeah. But also, you know, it's really 
really, really serious engagement, but also wanted it to be fun. So I wanted people to have torches to navigate in and through the house to, to, to play around with. So something kids would enjoy, but adults would also experience, because also art isn't as interactive. Um, there could be more, I mean, we do have interactive art, but we, I personally feel like there should be more of it. Yeah. So now I have an opportunity to get get one's body to sort of maneuver in a particular way that I will. And the torch was a, a good way to, to, to do that. Yeah. But, but yeah, I did up the house really nicely. And then I, I, I got a hammer and this hammer and page and just had this really kind of like cathartic, oof, cord paint, hammered through the house, destroyed it. <laughs> uh, but to a point where it's sort of half beautiful, half not. And it's, it's you know, still back in keeping with this this, this this idea that I'm really I feel obsessed with, which is straddling between two opposing sort of uh, sides. Do you find that, I mean, you explained that when you were younger, when you were in school, you found that you were straddling to different sides. Do you find yourself doing the same here in the UK as well? Oh, yes, more so <laughs> now. Um, and for me, it was it was something I really wanted to explore when I started um, um, studying at the Slade. I really got obsessed with this idea of identity. But then my obsession with identity became about my Kenyanness, um, because it, my Kenyanness was about nostalgia, you know, uh, memories of, of who I am through through the past. Um, and it wasn't really about being based here, because you know I'm just from that's just what now I suspect it is what it is. Um, and I sort of had to start thinking more deeply about it. The, um, I don't know this. Up until the age of, I'd say, 21, 22, mm -hmm. the idea of who I am, where I'm from, was not really a concept that I needed to be more. We, we, we came here, my mother sort of uh, gave us the best advice, which was like, you know what, when in Rome, mm -hmm. you know, spent time with London in Essex, so kind of just live the Essex girl lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just do your thing. Yeah. You know, until you come to art school and then people, people start attaching certain aspects of your practice to what they visually see, which is a, a black woman from Africa. Yeah. So there's this element of Africanness that is supposed to seep through. And I remember one of my tutors. Oh yeah. He he said to me, I mean this is all well and good, but I think maybe you should focus on sort of your traditional side of, 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 of the, the traditional side of making. And I kind of went, well, What do you mean by that? And, you know, don't don't you think, you know, you might be a little bit more African, oh my God. Like, you your identity. And, you know, to my innocence and oblivion, because, you know, even coming from Kenya, such a multicultural uh, country, that the idea of sort of separating, I mean, of course, you've got tribal sort of um, identities, but, you know, people, to, to a certain extent, get, get along and celebrate different religious holidays and festivals and likewise here. So, Coming from that point of, of view and thinking, I just looked at him and said, What do you mean by that? I'm from six. <laughs> and he got confused and I got confused, but that was the moment when I thought, Oh, this is something I really do need to, to bear in mind, but do I need do I want to put it at the fore 
or do I want to just be aware of it over there, in that corner over there, just yeah. know that this is something that people think about and engage with, and at, at times I will be drawn into that conversation, and what does that mean to me? You know what's really <laughs> weird? You know Phoebe? Yeah. It's also from Kenya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she went to school, art school here, and she told me a story as well, where her tutor told her, she did a drawing of a, a sister, mm. and her tutor told her that the portion did not look black enough, so he told the tutor told Phoebe to go to um, Brixton and go learn more about blackness, and to depict that more in the book. <laughs> and so it's really crazy hearing that from news logs, I think that might be something that probably a lot of black art students face as well in school, which is like, um, how do you depict your identity? Yeah, possibly, but just to add uh, competence to you, um, I, I, Phoebe and I, we know each other very well, yeah. and um, we actually went to the same school during the same time. Oh. <laughs> I wonder if it was the same tutor. She was in the painting department, I don't know, in the sculpture department, so maybe it was just different yeah. places, but it's interesting that we were both experiencing that yeah. at the same time. Um, yeah, and, and in some ways it was useful because it, 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 it sort of informed how I wanted to engage with that. And in others it was reductive because you kind of realised that to a certain extent, you're, 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 you, you will be um, perceived by your initial appearance, which is, you know, mm-hmm. the colour of your skin and being a woman. Uh, and even as, as a sculptor, this, this idea of being female is always brought to the fore when really I'm, I'm just doing my thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to make art, I'm trying to engage with, with the discourse, I'm trying to investigate ideas, and I'm hopefully at some point will contribute to the wider uh, discourse of. Mm-hmm. Western cooking, yeah, African art and global art and yeah, art in general, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly, <laughs> whatever that means. Yeah. But first and foremost, I'm an artist and I make work that people can connect with universally. So yeah. That's what I'm striving for, I guess. I think it it makes you more firm in your identity as a visual artist mm-hmm. as well. Uh, so that it doesn't allow for, I mean, other other ideas around the work can be, uh, can be injected into the work, which is great, but I think it, it started to help me sort of really formulate what it is I'm about, as much as I wanted to investigate this idea of nostalgia, mm-hmm. and I do through process, that's what I've realized, this, this, this making is about that childhood feeling, just playing and investigating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also want to talk about living in London and how hard it is, you know, uh, but not just for people who live in London can understand and relate to, but for people who live in, I don't know, Wagadougou or, yeah. you know, Beijing, you know, just something that's that's identifiable, but there are also underlying themes within it that are deeply personal and that you can connect with personally and bring, bring whatever you want into the work, yeah. So what's next for you now? Just close the show. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm really the screw of this question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm working on um, ah, this is another. I like I, back to the challenge. So as, as, because I make three-dimensional objects, from a commercial standpoint, it doesn't. It's, it's not as viable when people mm-hmm. look at my work. They they have to consider how it would fit into their their spaces. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's wonderful about these pieces is they they are 
that a book based on book inspired works or book vessel vessel inspired works. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know something you can carry take with you. But usually, and you've seen what I, yeah. I do, that these sort of objects that probably belong to institutions more than anything. I see them at the British um, Museum, well, not museum as much. Maybe the Tate, mm-hmm. yeah, the Tate, or or somewhere like that, where just the public can engage with the work. That's mm-hmm. what I tend to make work for. Um, but um, I've had a few sort of suggestions from others that I should maybe have considerations to make works that are wall-based. Wall-based? So, so I, 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 I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm, I'm a maker. I, yeah. I, I interact with objects. So yeah. I decided, actually, wouldn't it be interesting to make a body of work that uh, a flat, so I, I'm making a series of flat pack sculptures that basically just involve uh, using all the tools and materials I usually engage with in the making process, but in, 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 in a flat way. Yeah. And 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 when they're done, also they'll sort of involve instructions on how to install them in a flat way. Oh. So I just I think it's, it's sort of I, I yeah I've been inspired to just kind of be playful but also serious about making these abstract drawings and, and the, no abstract images that are going to be called flat pack sculptures that are on the wall. And yeah, they involve um, wood and. Um, no torches, so I'm burning quite a lot. Wow, just straight. Hopefully something something worth will come up with. And yeah, and I'm also working on a, on a commission project with uh, a, a really interesting uh, design company who have made uh, a series of furniture that's uh, quite bespoke, but they want me to make an installation inspired by the furniture. Uh, and they've given me creative license, which is so wonderful. Yeah. So the idea making work that is inspired by furniture. Mm-hmm. An installation that's inspired by furniture is kind of pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, just studio grind. Uh, and yeah, mini residency coming up soon. Mm-hmm. And that will just be about making one day works and destroying them. <laughs> <laughs> so I, the, the, for, for me, it's sort of, I just like the idea of constantly challenging myself and challenging what my practice could be about and hopefully creating things that then add to my overall um, body of work. And yeah, sameness for me is just, if, if, if my works end up being too samey, because I, I, I get bored. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> but not too different. There should be an underlying sort of narrative within my practice, but not necessarily visually. So that, mm-hmm. I think that's what, if I, I would like people to see some works and think, oh, well, that's not even that Oh, it is. Oh, I get it. Even though it's different from that one. Yeah. So, but it's still saying the same thing, but in a yeah. different way. So that, for me, that's that's really important. And that's what will keep me going as a starving artist. <laughs> no. <laughs> to remind me, remember, remember why I'm doing it. It's still interesting. It's still challenging. Okay, your back balance is a bit matched up. about being an artist is the fact that no two days are ever the same. Mm. And that I'm always open to to challenges, experiences, thoughts, ideas. Um, and that it's painful. It's excruciatingly painful. But it's also very rewarding. 
you get the sense of being connected to yourself and being connected to humanity and being connected to the world you're, 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 you're surrounded by. And that inspires me to continue making work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you for being on this episode. I'm really yeah. enjoying it. Thank you. That was fun. That's painful as I could. As you thought it would be. I'm Sharna Bovey, and you've been listening to In Studio, the podcast. If you love this episode, remember to leave us a comment and tell us how you liked it. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. If you'd like to find us on social media, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at In Studio with SO. Join me next week for another episode of In Studio with Sharna Bovey. Thank you for listening. <laughs>